Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Um, man, it's, it's always... It's always crazy when I come back to this. I always got to tell you it's crazy, and it is. It's always crazy for me. Um, it's just the way life is parent for me, and um, so you know, I got I got a lot for you on this show. We got a lot to talk about. I got some wrestling shit I could run my mouth about, which I will. I have a, an entire TOD twenty to to review for you, which is it's been a long time since I reviewed a wrestling show. I think this one should be fun because. It was hilarious, and um, I'll do that at the later end of the show. Um, for now, I, I want to get into all the life shit, you know, get into all the um, what's been going on, what's going to go on, all of that stuff. Um, so, as I've told you throughout, I've tried to stay as honest as I can with everybody I, I talk to, and I've been that way for a while, but even more so since, um, you know, this cancer and everything, um, I just see things in a different perspective, and um, you know, like this this thing has just been mentally taxing on me. Um, I've been very lonely through a 
majority of this this battle. Um, I just passed a year since my cancer surgery, you know. Um, so it's like you hit some time, you hit all these times where things are just kind of blank, you know. Losing my purpose, my everything was my job. I mean, my job was everything I I could have dreamed for. As silly as that sounds, because I wasn't making a ton of money, but having a platform that I could change the lives of cats every day, I would do that until I die, and I would feel like I did amazing work. I, I, I would feel like I did what I was supposed to do, what I was put here for. I feel like you know, there was always ups and downs. There was always struggles and, and things that were very, very difficult to get through. There were so many unnecessary things that happened over the years that I had to endure. And um, the the environment as a whole was toxic, but it was the toxic environment that I would continue to battle through. I would continue to just stay afloat in because of what the entire thing was to me, what the entire purpose was to me. And, and losing that, losing the ability to even talk to other human beings on a daily basis for the most part, you know, um, that that's very damaging. It's very, um, it's very heavy mentally. So it's put me through so many different things. And one of the, the positive things about what I've gone through is I continue to grow both physically and mentally. Physically, I, I, I'm going to bring you through my whole uh, training situation in a minute. But um, mentally, I keep, you know, I, I have these bottom-out points where I really mentally crash and feel like everything is hopeless, and, and I go into very dark places which um, are terrifying. And I hope that nobody really has to deal with those type of things um, to that level um, because – it's so difficult to see the walls closing in on you so so definitely and so um so clearly you know you don't have to paint too much delusion around a situation that has you pretty hopeless and pretty much in a nothing just in a nothingness state you know and that's very scary when you had a very definite very consistent you knew what you were doing every day um, six days a week I'd work and the seventh day you were thinking about work too so it was it was a constant it was a never-ending treadmill that you never got off and and like I said a while back I mean it's like being on that treadmill for 21 years and then someone just you know slam and stop on it and you just go flying you just just slam into the wall and there's no one to really pick you up at yourself so the positive that I've found is is that even though I had these huge crashes and these very, very dark moments, um, sometimes lasting days, but they become less frequent. Um, I, well, I, I don't know if that's quite accurate, but they're not identical. You know, now I'm finding my way through things and learning how to build from the thing that put me into that place. I'm learning how to continue to evolve mentally and try to learn how to adapt to different situations and different um, possibilities of things that may be ahead of me. Um, I'm gearing myself towards a mind state now where, you know, I may never be able to do what I did again, what I was put here for, um, but make no mistake about it, 
I am an all-star on any team. You know, um, I, I know what I'm able to put forth. I know what I'm able to do, what I bring to the table when I'm, when I'm invested. And, you know, and that's the major thing is because I've done so many different things in my life, but when it comes to animal care, that was the thing that was just like, it just felt right. It just felt right, and it felt normal to overwork yourself. It felt like, you know, working six days a week, you would tell people, you know, the people that work those schedules, you'll tell just your average person, oh, yeah, I work six days a week. And you're like, every week? Like, gosh, Jesus. But that doesn't even come close to encompassing what we had to endure there, the the physical toll of just every day cleaning out cages or kennel runs or whatever the, the shelter staff staffer may be, you know, depending on their job, in my case, cat cages. And um, knowing you had to do that and on any given day, we might be short staffed because you have people call out. We would always have people who regularly called out. So then you got to do two sets of those cages now. Now you got to do 42 cages instead of 21 cages. And then the next day might be kind of normal, but you're still sore from doing the thing the day before. You're still burnt out out of doing that. And, you know, you're running eight hours, and then you're going home, and then you turn it over, and you're coming back, and it's it's fast. And, you know, those type of things that you endure, it just becomes expected. And not only expected, but out of yourself like you just you just fall into that schedule where this is yeah this is normal this is what we do but in other jobs and other times that I've had I never found that dedication I didn't find that if I was tired if I was sore or I was just didn't feel like getting up feel I think about my boss and I'd be like fuck this guy I don't really you know what I mean I'm not I'm not looking to push myself to the next level for this boss, but in, in times like that, and, you know, I had my call-outs and things like that in, in uh, AHS. I wasn't flawless, but way more flawless than I've ever been in my life, 21 straight years with a single job uh, with a six-day-a-week work expectation, and I maintained that for 21 years. So call that for what it's worth, but um, that just, to me, um, was more dedication than I ever saw out of myself. And that's why over the years I continued to embrace it because it was it was my purpose. And it I, I still totally believe that's my purpose. But at now I'm at this point where my situation is fucked up. You know, my um I don't have a paycheck. I haven't had a paycheck since I don't know what was that, April? April I think was the last time I got um, was it April? Something like that. April, I, I was the last time I got a um, disability check. And that, that's, you know, not even close to, like, what I was making, you know. And, again, this isn't saying that I was making any kind of money there either. But I made consistent money. You know, I had a check every week. Now I don't have a check. I don't have anything. And, you know, the the, the other disability that I was supposed to be able to go through now um, you know, that says it's like 90% done. Initially, it told me it could take 154 days. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, and then I'm hearing stories. Some people sit there waiting two years for this disability. I don't know the amount. I don't know the, the, the duration. I don't know none of that. But all I know is like, yo, I'm I'm physically strong. I can work. 
My problem is my mental is is I can't just join another toxic environment. I just can't do it. I, I can't join somewhere that's not going to have somewhere where I can show my value and build off of that pretty fast because I, I just I can't imagine putting in, you know, a 40-hour work week right now at minimum wage and shit. I, I just – it's – it's going to burn me out quick, especially if it's not something that I don't care, that I care about. Um, I have to have something I can invest in and at least be proud of the group of people that I work with. And, and, and even if the, the task at hand, even if the, the business isn't my calling, isn't my thing, I could work with my team and try to, you know, obtain success at whatever it is. I'm tr- I'm trying to vaguely put whatever I'm saying because I really don't even know what I'm up for next. I don't I don't know what I'm going to do next. But the other thing that that troubles me and worries me quite a bit is my mental stability and I know it's not there. I know this is why like, you know, one of the first things I said is toxic environment is just I I can't go join something like that again because that I mean, where people are just out to find something wrong with you every day, you know, when you go through like the type of depression and anxiety that I've had and you wake up every day feeling that way about yourself, like you feel like people are talking about you, you feel like people are hating you, you feel like there's there's nobody out there that's on your team. So when you f- surround yourself with an environment of people who openly say they ain't fucking with you, which I dealt with a lot in AHS, it definitely doesn't help. You know, it doesn't help these um, depressions, these anxieties that already have those lies they'll tell you. You know, the depression and an anxiety and, and those things that will build these, these walls that makes it where you're not able to be your full self. You know, that shit, that shit tells you lies. That shit builds these enormous mountains of self-doubt, you know. Um so there becomes a point where you've you've gone through enough of it, you've found your way in a lot of avenues, but you know that going back into those deep waters where they confirm all of your your self doubt because they doubt you too. You know, there's always gonna be people that doubt you and I've learned to overcome a lot of those things. Um but the thing is they have to be more of the opposition than your team. They have to. It has to be a balance where there's more of your team rooting for you than there is hating on you. Now, there's going to be the haters. There's always going to be someone who's not happy with everything. But if the majority of the crew is on that toxic shit, and everybody knows there's there's a lot of workplaces like that. I just can't. I can't get into that. So I. I don't know what, what's next for me, but, but where it puts me now with this and all of this, because I'm babbling, because I just don't know, really, I don't have a way to, like, conclude that shit, because I don't, I don't know where I'm at with this. Um, I'm trying. There's things I would like to do. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know where to go, where to get started with anything. I, I'll, I'm going to figure it all out as it goes. But anyway, with this, um, I had to cancel all my shit, um, I had to pretty much turn over all bills pretty much to uh, Nina. She 
um, yeah, I, I, the Netflix, the Hulu, the Disney Plus, the all this stuff I was paying for up until this this month. Um, even on disability, even not getting disability checks, all of the uh, you know the the what I got from the GoFundMe, the 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 um, what do they call that Lincoln Financial thing after that, which was you know, kept me afloat as far as paying my, my half, which is more than half of the bills. And, um, I did that for literally as long as I could. I currently have like a hundred dollars in my bank account. I'm trying to get some kind of something in there. So there's just something in there. Um, so uh, I started up making hot sauce again. Um, and, and I'm trying to build something off of that. You know, it ain't going to be, it's surely not going to be an empire and it's surely not going to be an income that can support anything, but I have to get money coming in some way, shape or form because I just, I, it's driving me crazy. So anyway, uh, blog talk is obviously something that I'm not going to keep paying. Um, it's $30 a month. And, um, so I'm going to cut that off. Um, so the complications that come with that is this, um, on one side, my plan is to try to do some Facebook Lives um, on the Yakuza Kick radio group page. I haven't used this group page for shit for a long, long time. But if you're not part of the Yakuza Kick radio group page, please join that. I'm going to be more active on that, and that's, that's an understatement because if all goes well, that will be my primary hosting spot for Yakuza Kick radio. Um, where I will do the same, talking my shit about wrestling, uh, talking my life shit, trying to really keep it more talking about non-wrestling things the way I have been recently. Because I just don't watch that much wrestling anymore. And I don't care to, uh, especially during football season. So I do my football thing with Nick, you know, once a week on a Facebook Live. I think that works out really well. And um, so, you, you know, I'm not going to, clog that Facebook Live, the Yakuza Facebook Live with any football kind of stuff, really, because, you know, I'll have that covered on another avenue. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm hoping that that works. Um, there's another – the other big problem with that is no one can really listen to that, you know, in their headphones at the gym or however they would listen to my show, um, just audio-wise. Um, I know there's ways to – like rip the audio off of Facebook Live and then upload it to like a server. But other than paying blog talk, I don't know where I would get the server. I think there there's possibly free servers out there. I don't know shit about this technology stuff, and it frustrates me to the point where usually I just don't do it. Um, if it frustrates me on the technolo- technological side of things, I just bail. I because it just, like, it boils my blood because I, I feel helpless. I'm not good with it. And then I, I just, you know. So um, anyway, um, so those, I, I, I'm very aware of those issues, and I'm hoping I can um, figure that out reasonably easily. And, um, yeah. So I know it's possible to do. Uh, I know Shaheen used to do it and stuff. I don't talk to Shaheen anymore, so I'm not bothering him or anybody with that. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. I know there's a way to do it, and possibly 
you know, I'll get to that in the future. Um, but for now, I think that would be the best way that I could just do a show. And anyone who wants to go watch it and listen. I know another issue, too, is like Facebook Live, you know, um, kind of gives you like a who watched it and who saw it, who's part of the group and all this. And so many of my listeners are anonymous as a motherfucker, man, because I talk a lot of shit. And I don't think nobody wants to co-sign or stand by it, even though they agree with it, you know, when nobody's listening. Uh, but... Um, so, I mean, create a fake account, do whatever, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, you know what I mean? I, although, like, I'm gonna get funny with that shit on, on the, the group, I'm sure, after a, a certain amount of time, because if people are acting stupid on there, that's the other thing, um, just going forward on the group, I'm gonna let y'all know before anything, um, I, I don't got time to fucking argue with people on Facebook, so, like, if people are gonna be on silly shit in there, I'm just bouncing the fuck out, I don't care who you are. I'm not playing games. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking to have like another place where I disagree with people and fight with people online and shit. So, um, I, I would like it to be somewhere where some of the things that I'm going to talk about the, on this show or did talk about on this show, I'll post links to or I'll post, you know, uh, some of what I'm talking about that I'm covering, um, and, and maybe that'll help it be more interactive on that end because I I know like I said the versatility of it you lose quite a bit from. Um, so, I mean, anybody who wants to work with me on this and help me through the process or just give me feedback on how it's going or, uh, or whatever, just holler at me. Um, and then the other thing is the archives because um, I'm going to call them and uh, talk to them on the, um, the, the subject because any time in the past where I had to cut the blog talk off, it would only host so many archives, but that was it, you know, and then when I turned it back on, they were all there. Why well, did 10 years of shows on this, more than 10 years of shows on this? So this time when I tried to cut it off, because it, it's um, the next billing cycle is like the end of this month, it was like, uh, yeah, just um, we, we'll, uh, we'll hold on to 30 hours for you, so just delete everything else, and uh, and I'm like, whoa, hold up. So I'll call them and then see what we can do with that. But regardless, even if they're holding it for later for me, whatever the case is, because just like that, 30 bucks, boom, I turn it on for the month, all the archives are there. But um, the, the other issue is uh, it's just going to not be available, you know, for the time being now. So anything you want to go download, anything you want to go uh, – you know, grab now, I would, you know what I mean? Just because, I mean, I did so many interviews, wrestlers that aren't here anymore, you know, all this shit. And like, I don't know what, what is going to be lost. What's not going to be lost. I really can't get tied up in thinking about it. Cause it's another one of those things that just starts fucking my head up. And I just got to treat it like it doesn't matter because I don't fucking, I mean, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice in a lot of things I'm dealing with in life. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. But you know, like I said, I'm I'm doing my best to try to get something going, to try to get something, um, the wheels turning in my mind to put myself in a position to be where I need to be. I mean, this this, this whole thing, it sometimes it just leaves me dumbfounded where like I, like I just did, I, I start a sentence trying to really like encapsulate what I'm talking about and I just get lost. Like, I don't, I don't really know how to conclude it, but um, as always, you know, and, and anyone wants to help me out, 
you know, financially at all. Like, I, I appreciate it. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to dig in people's pockets, any shit like that. This isn't something I've ever done in my life. I, you know, I, I've always worked and, and I, and I never had to, to want this way. I never had to go outside of myself this way. Like, you know, even, even all those years I smoked cigarettes, you know, I stopped smoking cigarettes. I mean, probably 15 years ago, at least because now I'm 10 years sober off alcohol. Um, but, um, all those times, I, I would have a pack and a half of cigarettes going to work with an eight-hour shift. I know it was smoking fucking 30 cigarettes, but I, I wasn't about to ask anybody for shit, you know? So this stuff fucks me up, man. This, the, the fact that I'm even at the point now where I'm just like, yo, that'd be great if I could get something that makes me 20 bucks here and there, or if I could, you know... You know, mow somebody's lawn for, for whatever, you know what I mean? Like, shit like that. Like, to even be in the position to be thinking like that really does a lot to me mentally. It's like, but it's reality. So it's it's the things that you have to pick yourself up and adjust and deal with. And it's not, um. again, it's it's not the physical work. It's not the, the work load. There, there, there's not any part of that that I can't handle. Physically, I'm stronger than I've ever been in my life especially now on this training here. And, um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm trying to get right mentally is, is the best way that I could put it. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Um, considering everything that I'm dealing with, considering everything that I'm dealing with, um, the support or lack of their lack of that in, in, in avenues. um, yeah, it's 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 rough. So uh I have a doctor kind of thing coming up hopefully. Um I am applying I applied to get like a charitable um I guess doctor. I I don't even know the terms for this stuff. And um so I got accepted to the one thing, but then I had to mail them something else. So we finally got that printed out and mailed out yesterday so then hopefully it'll give me a certification and I can go to a hospital and get blood work. But then after I get blood work the first time, then I can go right up the street. But then hopefully the 26th or so, I could see a doctor. Or, but I, I I don't know for sure because I got to get the blood work done first. But I got to get the letter back just to get that. And I don't even know if like this doctor um, network situation that I'm getting into can do the things that I really need. Because what I really need is the scan to see whether this shit even came back because I was supposed to have been got that scan and now it's a year after my surgery and I still don't have a recheck to know that everything's all good. So again, just more things that, that hurts a lot more mentally than it does physically with these things, these what ifs, these unknowns, these things just continuing to spin in my head. Um, it definitely puts me in a very, um, difficult position to continue to to push but i do um and uh so physically um so i came up with a system for myself and um I, i'm working out seven days a week now so the thing with that is um you know when i would train before i would train these big these big workouts and these they were generally no, nothing shy of 
seven different exercises. That was almost always like the the bare minimum that I would do is seven different exercises. But some of those exercises, I was doing five sets, five sets, six sets. I I was pushing like a lot, you know. I'd do some warm up sets, or I'd do this and that, and I'd just keep pushing weight up, and I'd do a couple sets at the top of my weight, and you know shit like that. Like I was doing all sorts of shit, but that was working. I was gaining strength. I was having great spurts of of times where okay, but I, I I would fluctuate. You know, sometimes I would be on top of my game. Sometimes I would be in the middle of my game. Sometimes I would be at the bottom of my game, but then back at the top of my game. And then, but the thing was, is you would tighten up. You tense up at certain times. Even if I hit a three week streak. Yeah, I said that right. Um, and. I hit a three-week streak of my four days a week or five days a week. Somewhere within that fourth week, my lower back would go out or or my neck would tense up to the point where I had, like, just splitting headaches, which at the moment, actually, for the first time in a long time, I had I pushed myself a little bit harder on the shoulders, I think, yesterday. And I have this, like, fucking upper back kind of pinch thing that's, Give me a bit of a headache today, but it's nothing like I, I had dealt with in the past. Because what I was dealing with in the past, a lot of times it would give me like multiple day headaches, and a few things contributed to that. Um, number one, I was overloading, you know, certain muscles to the point where they tensed up, and then when they would clamp up and they would tensing up, um, cramp, whatever the case was, spasm, um, they would tighten up on the stuff that I wasn't working as good. You know, I wasn't staying on these certain areas as much. So now these these extremely tensed muscles were inflicting pain on parts of my body that I wasn't training enough. You know what I mean? So it was a combination of training too much of shit and not enough of other things and also not consistently not consistently enough to maintain that strength and keep myself from injury and keep myself on on board. So, you know, I, I always found difficulties, too, with my off days, with my on day, because if you miss an off day or, or you miss an on day, you know, usually you don't take away your off day and, and work that day instead. Maybe you do, but now your whole schedule's off. So the way that you structured your muscles to rest and recover is off because of that. And if you don't do that and you don't replace that and make sure that you fulfill that workout, well, then you're going to skip that muscle group for that week. So now, again, you're off balancing all these different things. There's so much of, like, just simple shit that I turned, like, like uh, neck isometrics that I do every single week. I do neck isometrics, um, posterior and lateral neck isometrics every, every week that I did that today. And, um, that being one of my things, my neck is stronger now. So now when I, when I do shoulder workouts and upper back workouts, it's not inflicting that same, like, you know, tense where, where, my neck can't handle that tension. So now my neck is handling things way better. I'm doing um, 
like fire hydrant circles and, and uh, side leg lifts and shit like that that I never did before. Strengthening my hips, strengthening so many different things that are around these areas, the lower back, you know, some of it is attached to your, your hip structure and your your hamstrings and all of that stuff. So when I'm strengthening every bit of that and I'm not missing hitting all of that, as a whole I'm becoming more strong. And I, I'm really loving this because this has become like this is what I do every day. My my fucking my everyday routine is this. I get up, I go to the kitchen, I pour a big cup of coffee. I have a big cup of coffee I drink every morning. Uh I take maybe a sip off of that, put it down in my room, throw my shoes on, walk out to the chicken pen, check on them, throw them some mealworms, maybe collect a few eggs if they're out there, come back in, um, make my breakfast. Four eggs, cup of oatmeal um, every morning. Put that shit on the stove, go back in the room, another sip off the coffee or so, and then I'll go to my TV and I'll put on... Um, Either first take, usually first take. It's usually first take. Uh, I have that, and I have um, undisputed. So if they, if some shit's about to go down on air, and I know I want to hear what they have to say, you know, Sherm's about to get at a uh, skip or something. I, you know, then I'll watch that first. But I'm generally going to catch about a half hour of that show, and then I'm going to pause it. You know, but anyway, I'm I'm going to start watching that. I start that on. And uh, I finished cooking my breakfast. I go up there, you know, check my phone and shit. Go up there, uh, get the breakfast, uh, like a quarter spoon of honey in the, the oatmeal, eggs regular, that's it. Um, bring my breakfast back in the room, keep watching my first take, finish my breakfast. As soon as I finish my breakfast, go put my plates, all that in the sink, um, bong hit. And then I um, I eat a half a gummy, and then I finish my coffee. And I, and I finish my coffee within the next 15 minutes or so, and now I'm ready. That's it. I, I fucking grab my cup, of, empty cup of coffee, pause the fucking first take. I go out, throw the coffee in the sink, you know, a cup of coffee in the sink. I fill my, um, my, uh fucking water bottle, metal water bottle with um, ice, a whole tray of ice every day, tray of ice in there, fill the rest of it, it's half gallon, and then I head into the gym, head into the bathroom, get myself ready, head into the gym, and then it's go, and that's it, I don't get to start my day really, like start, start my day until my training is done, and if I gotta hop in the morning, I gotta eat and go or something like that, but I, I'm like, that's all my conscience. Like, that's part of my day. Like, I didn't get to that yet. When I, when I get home, I got to get that done. So now, like, it's it's so much more ingrained in me and in just what I do that, I mean, my, my physical shape is just going to continue to soar. I'm I'm almost two two months in, you know. Um, I'm, like, working on my eighth week now. And, um, you know, I started on a Monday. So, um, you know, that's that's where I'm at now. And I'm just loving it. And I can't wait to see what, like, six months of this shit does for me because I'm going to be a beast. I mean, there's there's no maybes about it. And, um, you know, just trying to 
just trying to keep pushing, trying to keep myself motivated and um, driving at things that I can. And there's not many things at my disposal right now, but what I can work on is myself. And that's what I'm doing. I'm doing my best. Um, But, yeah, um, trying to think of what else I I was going to say. I was going to bring something else up. But, yeah, I mean, the whole thing... um, Man, I lost my place. Anyway, let's let's see what go, else goes on. Um, rest in peace, Suzanne Summers. That was one of my first two crushes. Um, her on Three's Company, Christy, and I Dream a Genie. She's like 92 years old now. Uh, you know what I mean? I ain't crushing quite as hard anymore. But, um, yeah, those are my first two crushes as a kid. And um, she always, you know, she always maintained herself really well. She was pretty through so, so much of her life and, I mean, uh, did a lot with the fitness, with the fucking thigh master and all of that, right? Uh, but yeah, rest in peace, Suzanne Summers. Um, oh, the other thing about the content, um, you know, I did that thing with the content and I, um, I ran a straight month, um, 15 videos a week. I was doing, you know, three videos a day, five days a week. And, um... You know, I put myself to that kind of test, my, uh, like a challenge. Um, like I told you guys, I was making it like a job that didn't pay me, and I did. And it was stressful. There was like, it's crazy to even say that because it's like just posting these dumbass videos and shit. Um, but a lot of it meant a lot to me, you know. Like all the animal stuff that I post, I mean, it means everything to me. And, and the cat stories that I would post were so much of an explanation of, of what it is to me and how how much it means um but the problem with that is is it would take such an immense toll on me every single time i'd post one of these videos and you know you you would maybe get a, some likes and loves and all of that stuff and uh how nice and and comment like a couple comments and then everything just the the silence becomes so loud um, but again, the, these are just things that are tied to the trauma and the depression and, and the things that I've just just been burdened with. You know, this, this is just now part of who I am. And I, I just have to learn to, you know, fight through this and understand that there's some things that I can do. There's some things that are going to be difficult on me. They're going to put me in more of a... Um, yeah, they're going to put me in a situation that's that's more difficult to handle, but I have to just make sure that those things are worth it to me. I'm prepared for those things. They're worth it to me. And um, like I said, the 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 YouTube stuff and all that, I, I, I'm going to still do stuff like that. Um, I don't think I could do, you know, a full schedule like that again. I mean, if I had somebody doing it for me, more or less, like, I'm, I, I can be the content. I don't mind being the content. But having to, you know, think about, okay, what am I going to do next? I'm going to do this next. i got to put this up at 1, uh, then at, at 5. i got to do this. And then, like, and then, you know, being in, so in my head, because, again, I am so kind of alone in this, um, the likes and the comments and all that become, like, how many did I get? 
who liked it, who didn't like it, who did, you know, and then you just, it really just, it eats you alive when you're in the state that I'm in, um, so I had to just back off of that a bit, but it did, it did help me a lot, because as a cat who's always been real insecure and all of that, uh, it forced me to just put myself out there every single day, regardless of what I felt I looked like, what I wanted to look like, what I planned, you know, I just had to put myself out there one way or another, and um, that was, that was a great um, exercise for me because it showed me I can. And that's, that's another reason why, like, you'll see fucking gym selfies for me all the fucking time because I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like I, I've seen, I've seen, you know, you see the old guys that'll show a younger kid, man, I used to look like this. I remember when I was younger, it was this dude, he, he lived across the street. He, he used to be a boxing trainer and shit. This motherfucker was morbidly obese, smoked cigars. He had like three teeth. And, and barely stood up, you know what I mean, you just see him on the chair sitting in the garage and shit, and yeah, come over here, and he'd start telling you stories and shit, he'd be like, hey, look at it, he'd show you an old picture when he was in shape, and you know, this is like, well, first off, part of me says, man, I don't want to have to wait until I'm that old to show somebody a picture to to go like, hey, look what I did, look, look at what I was able to do with myself, after... People told me I wasn't athletic. People told me I wasn't, I, I wasn't strong. I wasn't, I wasn't any of those things. You know, look, look what I was able to do to, with myself at 45 years old, after having cancer. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to have to wait that long. But on the other side of things, I hope to be able to have that opportunity because that's the flip side. The flip side is you don't even get old enough to show anybody shit. So if I don't show motherfuckers now, I got to rely on everybody else showing me. I already know where my support system's at there. Ain't nobody seeing shit out of me after like six months. You ain't going to hear see shit about me again. I'm gone, gone, gone. So if there's anybody that's going to sing my fucking praises about what I'm proud of and what I'm able to be here to do, then I'm going to be the one doing it. And I want to say I'm sorry if you feel that it looks arrogant. I want to say I'm sorry if you feel that it looks self-serving. But I ain't sorry for shit. Because that's the mentality that helps to hold you down when you feel sorry about being proud of yourself. And we deserve to be proud of ourselves. When we do shit that we know is right, that we know that's better than what we've done, that we continue to do better for ourselves. We know we know the, the God's honest truth. We know the complete truth about ourselves. We don't have to reveal that to anybody. Some people reveal it all. Some people reveal none of their true self. But regardless, we all know our true self. We know, all know exactly who the fuck we are. So now knowing that, if you're proud of yourself, are you really going to turn and figure out who else it matters to before you fucking tell everybody? Nah. Not not anymore. That was that was a long time of me. You know what I mean? And and um I'm just going to I'm just going to be who I am. For better or worse, cuz I've seen worse. And it can only get worse. When it comes down to it, cuz death is 
death is where you don't get to put shit out there. You you don't get to post nothing. You don't get to say nothing. And, hey, you know, when it comes down to it, I, I'm going to leave an insane amount of content out there and pictures and memories and things that my kids could see and my grandkids could see. And, and it's it's going to exist. Because a lot of times people don't realize how special you are until you're gone. And I'm not saying necessarily that that's what's going on around me, but I've seen it happen. I've seen people be gone and you see them come out of the woodwork celebrating these people. And I'm just saying that I don't I don't get that vibe right now. So, um, you know, if it happens later, I ain't going to know about it. But I'm going to leave enough out there to make sure that get my opportunity then too I want to inspire people I want to be special I want to continue to show people that I could push pe- I could push my intentions further than people think I can further than I think I can cuz half the time I'm the first one I got to get through doubting but on the other side of that I see a lot of success and once you start to create a resume for yourself, you take credit for your wins, and you could you could find pride in yourself because you've seen what you accomplished. You've seen the consistency that you operated on that level. And then you look around, and you see not a lot of motherfuckers are that consistent. So guess what? I'm different. And nobody could take that shit away from me. Nobody. So, um, it is what it is there. Um, like I said, that's, that's my, uh, about me spurt there. And, um, you know, like I said, when it comes down to the Facebook live thing, I could do all of this. I think I could do the majority of things. I may have to watch the way I phrase certain things because I think Facebook will bounce me right the fuck off of there and delete episodes and shit just based off of me saying cocksucker or some shit like that and you know I love that word but it's just not um, up to their community standards so I have a feeling I'm going to have to steer around some of those things but I I don't know I guess we'll see how it goes um but yeah, let me uh let me find a song here, play a track, give a little separation between this and uh all the next shit that I'm gonna talk because this is actually serious. But uh let me see. And I can't play music on there either. That's gonna be some shit too. I don't like that either. You know, I mean, there's just. It just is what it is. I could tell y'all what to go listen to, though. I could do a whole lot more with that, I think. But yeah, I guess let's let's go with this. Yo, I flow great, flow great. I hold weight, hold weight. Spit hot shit, need Colgate. Yo, teeth kinda yellow, don't floss between meals. Top of watch and the whip and floss between deals. Yo, 
I'm six foot one, you all notice them. Shot my first nigga two blocks from Paul Robinson. All over, son, you know my team, we all told a gun. If a nigga sound like me, give the mic, cause the road is done. Don't act you shit about Paul, but don't roll with him. Just admit, fuck too much, ain't no control of them. God type is divine, rhyme shine like linoleum. I'm no with them niggas, can cast the lines of show with them. Yo, I'm updated, Duke, state of the art. Motherfuckers frustrated, then I'm taking your heart. Day is the start, jump up, I take you apart. Fuck shit and bricks, my nigga, my day is the part. Yo. Dining and clock at the fine lining. Watch what you say or get popped and get fine rhyming. Go toe to toe and get popped and get fine dying. And I go copper watches and top it with fine diamonds. Go put my cock on top and get dime grinding. No, not the box with rock, you die crying. Go to the spot, but the cops be like iron. Damn, go get knocked for the crops to die with limes. Yo, I don't talk about the coke I got. Most of the coke that I got came from folks I shot. I don't give a fuck if you blood or you a lot. Fuck with me, you had to have an open top. I go to the Vatican with the most potent rocks. The most Colombian shit off the boat and blocks. Tell my man Illinois, come and toast the Glock. While I give out samples, hope the Pope for cops. Let's yo, wop, bop, boo, bop. Swap, bam, boom, boom. Cops got a few blocks and pop down the dude. Put your lighters up. Lighter than the air. Up, when you bury my body. Yeah. Rap gun bark in the chrome, whole Glock low cry like metal lock in the zone. I ain't trying to be the king, give me part of the throne. Split the shit between Sean Price, Carter, and Combs. Oh, you dumbass niggas know I'm smart with the poems. Call your crib, you ain't shit, dude. Fart on the phone. Send my man in jail some money for a car in the bones. Next time, hit off his seat, cause he's starving at home. Pardon me, homes. Watch what you say, I don't play that. Bring the war away, that niggas shit shaving, they bad. Weak on the street, but when you see, you act great black. Fuck you and your dogs, you ain't ready for this straight cat. I'm the nicest rapper, niggas asking why you say that. I can back it up, slap you up with the great gas. Flip words back. I'm the fat patch, say Jack. Van the white man, I'm hype. Dude, can you say that? Listen, yo. Because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Yeah, so, um, TOD 20 happened, right? Yeah. Um, man, oh man. Um, so here we go. I mean, you guys can't say that I never did anything for you. You know what I mean? First off, I pay $30 a month just to do the fucking show. And then uh, on top of that, like, yo, like, I watch TOD. 
TOD 20. We ain't talking about one of the early ones where it mattered. We ain't talking about when, when uh, you know, cats were in there that cared about selling and cared about actually representing the company that they were standing in. They, they, we, we're not talking about those TOD. We're talking about TOD 20. Well, so TOD 20 opens up. And the first thing I see is a woman that seems to be pregnant. I, I don't know. But she's wearing a prom gown, um, a blue prom gown, uh, slit up one uh, one leg. And um, I'm not really sure why. I don't know who the fuck told her this would be a great thing to wear tonight, number one. Number two, I don't know why the fuck they have such a huge tie-in with XPW and no ability to pull Larry fucking Legend for TOD 20. This is supposed to be a big deal. I don't know who this girl is. She may be very nice. Um, but, yo, she's in a shiny blue dress gown at Tournament of Death. What the fuck is going on? I, I, I have no idea. That shit was like... It looked like a prank. Like, they told her this shit is a formal event. And then she got there, and they were like, ah, get out there. Here's your mic. You know, like, what the fuck went on? No one else there was dressed like that. Nobody. Not the fucking, not DJ's wife. Not fucking, not the owner of the fucking land. I don't think there was a person flying over in a fucking airplane dressed like that. She is fucking, yo, Oh, man. Um, so, so it's Bobby Beverly versus Eric Dillinger to start this thing off. Um, Bobby shows up with a baseball jersey on, looking like he's there to accept his his uh, number retiring ceremony. He looks like, like he retired two years ago. Jersey's tight as shit, but he's got it on so he can walk out and wave to the Yankee faithful and have his number raised to the rafters. That's just the vibe I got out of this dude. He he won last year's TOD, and he just looked like he gained weight since, and and that was, like, what he was bringing to the table. Like, to me, this is a big part of it, is this the presentation that each person brings to the table. What they bring out there and go, this is my gimmick. This is me. This is who I am. So... Buy my fuck t-shirt, chant my name, clap for me when I do shit. Like, this is what you're bringing to the table is you just pull whatever kind of shit out and then you wear it. And that's not just him. I'm not just picking on him because I'm going to pick on everybody. And so that's this guy, the returning champion. You know what I mean? So he's got the baseball jersey on all tight. Um... Eric Dillinger, I've never seen this guy before, but he looks like he usually spends his days defending Paul's crops. Um, he just, you know, he just looks like a fucking feisty motherfucker that, that just, man, don't step on my property, I swear to God. You know, like, that's just what looks like what he does. He's got a, like, a blacked out from, like, his shoulder, like, down like pretty far he's got like a big giant black area like there used to be something racist tattooed there and then he was like let me just get rid of that and it's way too blatant to just rework and just had it blacked out which again i don't know if it's racist i he he definitely covered some shit that was just beyond repair or fixing and it's just he's just got like a black shoulder now so i, I don't really know if that's what he was going for initially but 
that shit looked crazy. Um, so, um, the crowd is light as shit. Um, it looks like a Danny DeMano show, and it's Tournament of Death. Um, so not empty, but in the same token, Tournament of Death used to get an easy grand, you know what I mean? Easy thousand, twelve hundred fans in, in DJ's yard, and now... You're looking at a Danny DeMano show in Newark. That's what you're looking at. And Danny DeMano shows in Newark don't even outdraw Rob Black shows in Newark. So what the fuck does that tell you? You know? Um, so next up was uh, Beverly wins. Who cares? Um, next up is uh, Otis Kogar, who, remember, uh, Shannon, who's like, I guess, half owner of this fucking company at this point. Um she goes, uh, he's a massive talent. That's what she said last year. And um, I, don't, I don't think she's booked him since. So anyway, massive talent Otis Kogar, who I think was a replacement for someone too. So I don't even think she booked him for this until someone else backed out and then massive talent got patched in because, you know, that's what you do with massive talents. Um, so it was Otis Kogar up against Mickey Knuckles, and um, this was just, I mean, the whole shit was terrible for the for the most part, but like there's somewhere in the beginning there's like she he Irish whips her through cardboard. There's just like cardboard on the side of the ring and he just whips her through the cardboard so then she's in the cardboard. They did a lot of on this show, they did a lot of things that were like, that's not a weapon or painful, but we'll use it anyway. And I don't know why anyone accepts this shit. This, this is why I like. This is why I like. I don't watch a lot of this shit because y'all are still clapping when this dumb shit is going on, and I I just think that's not for me. It's for somebody else. I think of lower intelligence, but it could just be a maturity thing because what you know when I was younger, I I was all about this shit. But again, they weren't using fucking cardboard like that. And um, anyway, so then um, one thing I will put over. There was a cool spot where Mickey Knuckles, um, she takes this axe, which, you know, it's one of those things that, again, I just don't think you should bring to the ring because you can't really use it. And we'll get right back to that in a minute because they will do some dumb shit right after I put this over. So she goes, they got a door propped up in the one corner. She goes like she's going to chop this fucking guy's head off, which, you know, obviously isn't going to land. But he ducks. And she sticks the axe flat into the fucking door. Now, the reason I also give this credit, too, is because of the way this spot went, she had to put the axe in the right spot of that door. Because the next thing that's going to happen is she misses, hit the axe, the axe sticks in the door, she turns around, and Otis spears her through that door. So, obviously, she can't get that axe too low, or she's going through that fucking axe, you know what I mean? So... I thought that was a really cool spot, the way she pulled it off. It was kind of like an old school, like, pogo kind of deal, where he used to do with the, the fucking, uh, who was it, fucking, um, Kanamura. They would do the shit with the fucking, the sickle, and, um, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a really cool spot, but immediately after that, um, Otis Kogar gets the advantage and pulls out a straight razor and is, quote-unquote, carving Mickey Knuckles' forehead. He's carving inside of her mouth. 
he's carving uh, everywhere he can. But the problem with a fucking weapon like that is that thing will open you up. Legitimately, it would cut through your cheek and, and, and open half your face up. So when you're pretending to be doing this, I'm out. Because the results are obvious. That's like if you're just going to bring like a, a gun in a ring with blanks in it, and you're going to shoot the opponent in the head, and then they're just going to fall down and sell it for a minute and then get back up. When you know, like, if you shoot someone in the fucking head, there's no more. That's why, like, you shouldn't use weapons that have a real legitimate application to it that would just devastate everybody. And now you got this massive fucking human being, this colossal talent, whatever the fuck she said, carving a woman's mouth the inside of a woman's mouth, and just can't get through that layer of flesh. But, oh, boy, is she selling like it hurts. Man, this shit is stupid. This shit is stupid as fuck. Um, so then, um, Mickey, at some point, pretty much sits voluntarily on... So there's a, a door... <laughs> there's a door... Brace between now these doors are hollow, you know they they break real easy. Um, they're not like those tables that sometimes wouldn't break and shit, and they would hit them twelve times or like half the time with these fucking light tubes anymore, because uh, there's no effort put out. Um, but so this door is braced between two chairs, and there's barbed wire on top of the the. So I don't know. He hits her or something and makes her sit on the table. So now she's just, like, voluntarily sitting on the table and just going like, ah, or, or, or I don't know. I mean, she's looking, like, directly at the corner that he's now climbing. So now he turns, well, no, <laughs> he, he goes, he gets a bundle of light tubes, kind of hands it to her while she's sitting voluntarily on this thing, and then turns his back to her and starts to climb the fucking ropes like that's where he lives, you know. Like, he's he's a big top rope guy. This guy's like 300-something pounds. He's, like, just heading to the top rope with a sitting opponent on a table with light tubes. I don't know what he's going to do next. But obviously, she just stands up, hits him with the fucking light tubes. You know, I, I mean, just... I, I just don't understand, like, how to believe this shit. I don't understand... How to pretend that hard, you know? I just... It's not believable. It's not selling well. It's not... It's not caring enough to make it believable. It's bad. It's just fucking bad. They used to have to duct tape a motherfucker to the ropes for him to stay there for a chair shot. Now, people are voluntarily sitting on things and just waiting for a bunch of other shit to happen to them. And it's not the end of the match. So it's not like, oh, they're... They're so fucked up off the last thing you did. It's like barely an impact. And then up, there he is sitting there. Can't get off of that barbed wire. Well, clearly. You know. It's just dumb. So then um, Eric Ryan and Schlack come out and seemingly have like a slow building death match. Which no one fucking likes a slow building death match about halfway through the first round of a tournament ever um, it didn't look like Aaron Ryan, Eric Ryan gave a fuck about this. Um, it really didn't. He wore his shirt through, I don't know, 60% of the match. You know, um, I've seen Eric Ryan do just absolutely insane shit. And I don't think he should care about this, but I don't think he did. Um, I don't think anyone should care about this. 
outside of DJ Hyde, who probably took a massive bath on this thing because, you know, he had to reschedule the thing once. And then on top of it, didn't have a great attendance and had to, yeah, I, I can't imagine he didn't take like a massive bath on this, but, um, he needed a bath anyway, didn't he guys? Um, but yeah, um, this wasn't really anything I cared about. There's like seemingly children sitting on top of a school bus back there, which I thought, you know, like shit like that to me was cool. Like school bus, like, I, I mean, sitting on top of a bus watching Tournament of Death. I mean, that shit sounds cool. They looked like they were teenagers. I don't know. Maybe they were 20s. They looked like children. They looked like 12-year-olds. But um, they didn't do anything with the bus or really heights of any sort through the entire tournament, which was interesting because that's usually a thing. Um, And it was just kind of there. I always thought it was cool, too, when, like, occasionally someone would be, like, innovative I remember back in the day, there was somebody who drove a pickup truck with a couch in the bed, like a big-ass pickup truck with a full-on couch in the bed, and they fucking sat in the couch behind the crowd and watched TOD. That's that's some shit. I can't fuck with you, man. That That is some real shit. I don't know who that was or if they listen or any of that shit, but, yo, kudos to that motherfucker, whatever that was, because that's like, yo, I watched a wrestling event on my couch and also live like i was there on my couch watching this shit so you was at home no i was there on your couch yep that should (laughs) hey that that's wild but anyway i didn't give a shit about this match i this you know two of the top deathmatch wrestlers in the world i would think and, yeah, it just didn't have that vibe to it. Didn't have any kind of vibe to it. And, you know, it just, that was it. Um, next up was uh, Big Joe versus Judge Joe, which, like, immediately just, like, sent me down to, like, which other Joes would I rather see in this match. And and I came up with Joe Piscopo and Judge Joe Brown because the judge thing led me to Judge Joe Brown, and uh, I, I needed an opponent. Joe Piscopo used to be jacked. Um, Judge Joe Brown's been through some shit. And, uh, you know, they're both in their 70s. You know, this could be the the Joe matchup that we can go with. I don't know if anyone has any uh, other Joes that they might go with. But, you know. So, Joe, big effing Joe, is wearing an XPW shirt with an airbrush picture of Rob Black on the front of it that says Uncle Rob, and the back of it in giant letters says XPW. Um, spoiler alert, this guy wins the fucking tournament. Like, this is where DJ is a cuck, because DJ runs a company that is saying, no, asshole, you're not wearing a fucking XPW shirt as I put you over in this fucking tournament. And I would say like three rounds or something, but th- this was a two-round tournament. This was a big, massive two-round tournament for TOD20. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself, DJ, about everything. About, about, about your fucking fitness, about your fucking tournament, about your company, about fucking everything, DJ. But anyway, um, he's wearing an XPW fucking billboard with Rob Black's face on his fucking... I, if John Zandig 
I mean, somebody please deliver this to John Jandig. Please deliver him holding up the TOD trophy with Rob Black's face. Explain it all to him, please, because some of it's going to need explaining, I think. And he's a little, you know. Um, but, yo, that shit there is like ultimate fuck old CZW, fuck everything they were about, fuck all of it. I know Shannon works for Bolton, wouldn't see the issue. Because she's just, you know, R-worded. I think that's that we're gonna have to start using these type of terms. Um, and so that that's that's Big F and Joe's attire. And you know, he always wears the, the the white trunks that looks like he's wearing a diaper, like it just looks like a diaper. And then he wears like a suit shirt, like a um a dress shirt with the sleeves cut off. But, like, in this instance, it was just this XPW white shirt. And um, you know what else is funny? When he came out, he had a banner that was, like, deathmatch something apparel or something. And he hung the banner over the ropes, like, to show everybody deathmatch apparel. But, like, you have an airbrush shirt. Like, that's not made by deathmatch apparel. That's made by fucking uh, jerk-off Tony on the boardwalk. Like, that's not... You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they sell those in Seaside, not not the fucking uh, the Deathmatch Apparel website. You know what I mean? But all right. Like, don't worry the shit that you made sure that you had to promote, but cool. Um, yeah, I would have, just like a fucking kid who shows up in school and wears some old dumb shit to school, you know, has a, has a curse on it or something, he would have showed up with that shit. And if I'm DJ Hyde, I fucking throw a CZW t-shirt in his chest and go, put this on or go home. And that's it. That's the fucking end of it. I don't give a fuck who liked what. That's it. That's what I would have done. This isn't heel versus face. This isn't I get to do this. And we have a cro- They don't have a cross-promotional anything. CZW is not a real thing anymore. They run shindy shows out in Maryland. They don't run anything like this again. This whole fucking thing. It's like TOD and then we'll not book any of those guys for a whole nother year. You know, and they, they had the, their possible underground, this and that, and then that fell apart. And it came back to working their first deathmatch show in a year at TOD again with the guys who they don't use all year round. So it's just like, it's just silly, the whole thing. But anyway, so that's how um, fucking Big Joe shows up. Um then Judge Joe, he shows up, dresses, I mean, come on. This is what I'm talking about. You just wear any old shit. Your name is Judge Joe Dredd. And you show up with this nerd who's supposed to be a lawyer, only he looks like he's like 20, 20, and definitely lives with his parents. Like, no question does he live with his parents. So he's not a lawyer. And he's the guy who's with you. And then you, the judge, are dressed like you judge the new Mountain Dew flavors, the limited edition Doritos, shit like that. Because you just got a cut-off fucking t-shirt on, and you're fat. And that's, that, that's your entire gimmick, is you're a judge. But there's no judging going on. You don't come out with a gavel and smack people in the head with it. Maybe you did once or twice, but you lost that in the flight over. I I don't know what goes on, bro, but, like, 
Brandon Prophet used to wear shit that looked closer to your gimmick than your gimmick is. But guy is like, he's a ticket seller guy. He's like a pay-to-play fucking. And, and, and the other reason I knew that, not only because, like, I've seen him on the Rob Black shows where, like, he cuts this long fucking crazy promo like he's one of the top guys and then he's like the opener against some other guy they bleed a bunch and no one brings him up for the rest of the show like he's not calling out the champion he doesn't have a title shot next month he's not like fucking built for anything there's no program it's just he's just there every month with a promo on how serious he is you know that guy so i already know why that guy is there and that he's not costing any money if anything he's bringing in money um, so this is that guy, but then Big Joe gets on the mic and talks about how this guy's pay to play and he's just a fucking guy who pays to be on Rob Black's shows and this and this. And first off, let me, let me just point this out because I don't know the, the behind the scenes going zones about CZW or XPW or anything like this, but all I'm saying is please. Please let me find out that Rob Black doesn't pay this guy, but DJ did. <laughs> because you know that's a possibility. So anyway, Judge Joe comes in here. Uh, you know, and he, he says uh, that this kid paid to be there, paid to be you know, on shows and this and that. And I, I mean, I'm just looking at the whole situation like why did anyone pay to be here why did any fucking buddy in attendance pay to be here you know and that's that's why it was so easy for me to stop going to these things because if i had that same feeling and then i looked around the next place i'm gonna think is my head is like why am i here holy shit i'm just like them and i'm proud to say that is not the case um so, um, then Big Joe gets on the mic, and he 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 attempts to put over DJ's yard as a place to be. And I guess GCW is running that day. I don't know. I'm guessing just based off of him comparing DJ's yard to Atlantic City. I said that right. He compared DJ's yard in Delaware to Atlantic City as, you know, you're not in that piss hole over there. You're here. So I don't know if Joe's been to Atlantic City. I believe he's been to Atlantic City, one of the GCW shows or something. But, oh, boy. Um, That's another one of those things that it really just shows you where people are at. Um, so then uh, they had, uh, let me see. You know, and as these shows go on, I'm looking at my notes. As these shows go on and, and he wears this, this uniform with this white top and this the, the, with the sleeveless and the diaper, it, it really looks like a onesie. Like if you've had children, you can't tell me that what he wrestles in doesn't look like a fucking onesie. So he's, 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 he's there's this onesie, but he's big effing Joe. And, and another thing that he does a lot, and I, I seem like a lot of people do this, is 
they start like jerking the light tubes off and stuff. They put it like where their dick is, and they start like jerking it off and you know making like sexual motions towards the light. See, this is the problem, guys. I'm not here for that with you. I remember when like guys were violent, just flat out violent, and they would come out here and and fucking light tubes were used as weapons. Like, how many people do you see like in war? You know, in the old war scenes, you know, where they have swords. Like, throw the sword where his dick at is do like a jerk-off motion before he cuts someone's heads off with it. You know, or, or doing that with his machine gun real quick before he sprays down a fucking a line of enemies. Like, just the entire visual of it goes like, I don't think we're here for the same reason, guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's not really... So anyway... Next thing, um, they have the shittiest brawl on the history in the history of brawls. Like they go through the audience and find the most, the least painful things that they can find, and they hit each other with it. Like it just it gets worse and worse as it goes. So they do the beer thing, which is like an open beer. It just fucking throws beer everywhere. Which um, I once I stop, especially once I stop drinking, when they do those spots. I would, my fucking blood would boil. Because, dude, the last thing you want to do is fucking get in your car soaked in beer and drive home from a fucking event for two hours. You know what I mean? You get pulled over, you're soaked in beer. Oh, no, the guy in round one, he just hit the other guy, and then he threw the beer, and it was just like, yeah, all right, buddy. Get the fuck out, walk up and down the fucking street, say the fucking alphabet, do the jumping jacks, do all the, you know what I mean? That's what your fucking life is because this guy thinks that's an awesome spot. I just think it's it's asshole shit. But anyway, so they do the beer spot. Um, and then uh, they battle around some more. Then he fucking... What, what did he hit him with then? He hit him with the fucking... Oh, the big, the big uh, plastic trash can. The big rubber trash can. You know, and there's some things that I've seen in the past. Where, like, they're not the craziest weapon ever, but when, like, the Necro Butcher would take his boot off or, or a traffic cone or some shit, he could beat a motherfucker like he beats women. Or, like, he could beat a motherfucker where you'd be like, yo, he's out there trying to kill him with a traffic cone. You know what I mean? There's a difference. There's just a huge difference. And, and I think... The difference is very clear when it comes to this type of shit. And this was all looked like terrible. So anyway, um, uh, so you hit him with the trash can. And then he topped all. He takes, you know one of those reusable bags that if you live in Jersey, you absolutely know those reusable bags because we're not allowed plastic bags in New Jersey anymore. Um, so um, the they're reusable shopping bags. Now, it's a death match. It's a fan, you know, who knows, fans bring the weapon, who knows what's in the bag, right? Because, you know, it could be some old wild shit. So, Big Joe or Joe fucking Judge, I don't know which Joe, one of them fucking puts that, like, they're fighting through the crowd, and they pick up someone's shopping bag, and they lay it sideways on the guy, and then they do, like, a splash on him to, like, smash the bag on him. And it's like, oh, shit, what's in the bag? Did you just fucked him up with that? He pulls a bag of chips out of the bag and, and takes a bite off the chips. So, in other words, he just took someone's snacks and used it as an ultra-violent 
weapon. Bro, leave me alone with this shit. I don't want to, I don't want to do this no more. Yeah, I mean, this is, I want my fucking money back. I ain't spent any, but I still want it back. I want my time back. Um, then he puts two chickens on his hands. Like, two chickens. Like, he put two, um, you know, like, if you bought them in a supermarket uncooked, like, chickens. So he puts them on each hand, but now he's, like, tapping these motherfuckers. He's, like, touching them with the chicken. Instead of, like, again, back in the day, I hate to keep putting this, this wife beater over, but, like, when Necro would do some shit like that back in the day... He would have punched that chicken off his fucking hand. It would have, like there would have been pieces of chicken. He would have been holding a drumstick after two punches because he would have fucking punched through the chicken and it would have been like fucking whap whap and and that would have been the end of it. You would have heard like a an effect, but it would have been over and he wouldn't have had like ten swings with the chicken. But he was doing these silly little jabs that wouldn't hurt fucking anybody, like fucking anybody. He hits the nerdy lawyer kid. He hits fucking big, uh, big Joe Judge guy. He hits all these guys, and then like that's it, and that, that's the big spot there. Then Judge Joe, he throws tubes to the other Joe. Um, did he miss the elbows? Oh no 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 yeah yeah. So no Judge Joe first he puts a tube under Big Joe's shirt on the ground like on the on the ring right he puts the tubes under his shirt one or two tries to drop an elbow on it misses the fucking tubes tries again misses the fucking tubes the crowd is just fucking eating them alive because they're just like you piece of shit like you just what the fuck and and my thing is like if your thing is accuracy you know what i mean like if your move is going to require accuracy i don't know i practice that shit a bit yeah i mean this 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 isn't working out for this cat and then shortly after, he throws a bunch of tubes to Big Joe, who catches them and then stands there with them, which is always just, it's such a great spot, right? Like, the Van Daminator created such assholery. Like, it, it was, like, really innovative at the time. Oh, he throws it, he catches it. Oh, he kicked them before he could do anything about it. And now it's like people throw things to other guys and they stand there for like fucking 20 minutes. Like, what's going to happen next? As the guy, like, climbs the ropes or fucking runs off the ropes and double drop kicks him and like all this stupid shit right so he throws him the fucking light tubes big joe catches the fucking light tubes and he tries to clothesline the light tubes into him and he misses the fucking light tubes like oh my god this guy the verdict is you know i mean jesus christ um so yeah then um so then the finish comes Judge Joe gets, like, thrown into the corner, and now Big Joe goes and gets, like, a body-sized plastic bag, like, uh, a clear plastic bag that fits this entire judge fella. So he fucking puts this thing over his head in the corner, and now he, like, fucking hits him with a move or something, he lays him down in the ring, and now he's, like, sticking light tubes and all sorts... This guy just, like, hung out and, and was, like, fitted with a plastic bag. Like, 
Why why are you hanging out for this? Like, you have no more strength in your body to stop a dude from putting a plastic bag over your entire body. That shit is crazy to me. You're not like, I've seen the body bag spots where they would like, a guy's laid out. You unzip the body bag and you roll him into it when you, you just hit him with two finishers and this and that and he's laid the fuck out and you're, you're rolling him into this shit. He's just fucking dead. This dude is standing on his feet in the corner letting a guy fit him for the plastic bag. And then he falls down, and now they're sticking light tubes in there, and they're sticking whatever the fuck else in there, and he's just laying there, just hanging out. And then eventually Big Joe just starts beating the shit out of this fucking bag with the chair. And the ref just doesn't know how to feel. The ref doesn't, like, he's standing there going like, oh, shit, son, like, what's he doing with the bag? Like, yo, he just keeps hitting him. And you just watch him keep hitting him and hitting him and hitting him and hitting him. And, hitting him. and then he, like, switches chairs, hits him with a different one, I think. There's some shit like that. And then finally the ref stops it. And it's like, man, like, this is... I, the whole shit is just really, really badly done as far as I'm concerned. Um, I also noticed during this, this terrible brawl around and all that, they have, like, a, a security guard that looks like... Um, like a Wish App Georgie boy. Like, if you ordered, like, a, a, a Walmart costume for Halloween, and it was a Walmart uh, Walmart Georgie boy costume, with old school CZW fans will know what I'm talking about. That's what this, this dude looked like. He looked like a real shitty version of Georgie boy. But I'm sure he'll be a great wrestler when he's done training. Um, so now uh, this woman with child is in a blue gown, and she's standing in the ring with no canvas and barbed wire ropes with glass panes on the the one side of the ring and uh, light tubes on the other side of the ring. And she announces uh, Mickey Knuckles versus Bobby Beverly versus Slack versus Big Joe, which is when I obviously realized, oh, this is a two-round tournament with no non-tournament matches. So, yeah, this is one hell of a TOD-20 we're putting together here. So, um... Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Mickey hugs the mom-to-be before the match, you know. I mean, she must have gave her a pre-congratulations or, you know, something like that because you see them hug it out in the ring, and I don't know what's going on. But you always have a hard time finding the fight vibe when it comes to this shit because it's all just mayhem. Um, so, yeah, Joe and Mickey start beating, uh, beating each other up, going all over the place. And then um, at some point... They, um, they're trying to force feed each other a sausage. I don't know why that is. Um, if this was like a vegan death match, I'd be like, oh shit, they're trying to get him to break the coat. You know what I mean? But like that, that wasn't happening. So I'm not really sure what the purpose of this was, but they had like seemingly a sausage. And you know, like when they're doing a spot and they're trying to like get him with a sharp object and. The one guy's holding the the person's arms, and the other one's trying to overpower him to stab him with the object. That's what they did with the sausage, and then Mickey got the advantage, and then took the sausage, and then gave him the... I mean, hey, man. Um, Then at some point, um, uh, Joe used... Big F and Joe used a plastic coat hanger on the inside of Mickey Knuckles' mouth. So, I mean, you may have seen this coat hanger spot in the past, 
looks pretty rough because, you know, they hooked that metal coat hanger inside of the mouth and then they pull on it, you know, and that shit could really fucking hurt. But a plastic coat hanger, like, I break these motherfuckers taking my sweatshirts off of them a lot of times. Um, I don't really know why that is. I don't think they should break like that, but they do. And I'm supposed to believe that this is putting this, this woman through excruciating pain who has dealt with, um, you know, all sorts of... Um, glass and barbed wire and all these other things in in her 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 day you know so nonsense um then there was the exploding bat spot which i thought was absolutely hilarious because it was just like they mickey and big joe hit each other with the exploding bats at the same time and they both kind of turning ah and they just turn away from each other and hit the ground and it's just like I don't know. It just it just looked like it didn't need to happen. It didn't look like anything that anybody was going to write home about. It looked like it might have hurt, so if it didn't, I guess good job. But if it did, I think you, yeah, uh, still good job or something. I, I don't know what, what you guys are looking to accomplish out there when you go to DJ's yard anymore. I, I'm not I'm not seeing a big... Uh, ceiling for your accomplishments and stuff so i don't really you know but anyway joe you know joe wins the uh the tournament after some more nonsense more just like absolute garbage and and nothing spectacular and i'm sure everyone hurts and um like rem but um you know joe wins with his xpw shirt on dj comes out to congratulate him looking fatter than ever holy shit he's eating a lot um so he comes out, and they're like, he's a little, hey, uh, you're like, I don't get back in here, and oh, my wife would be mad if I got back in here, and rah. nobody's looking for any fucking DJ Hyde ever. No one ever was. That's that's the other thing. It's like, no one ever, ever in your entire career were, were like, I hope DJ wrestles today. Not anyone that's not your personal family member or friend thinks that. So st- stop with the hinting at anything. So then Joe, at some point, while DJ's babbling on, DJ's giving this fucking speech, like if you've ever been to like a three-hour like assembly or something for your children, and then like right before like you get to leave, right before they like allow you to like take your kids back and leave, they go like, before we get out of here, I just have to thank Mr. Smith, who... Last year retired, but he came back to help with this assembly this year, and he really, he spent so much extra time of his own time, and I just, where is he, where is, where, is he back there, stand up, you just got to stand, everybody give a round of applause, okay, yeah, aha, we couldn't have done it without you, and also, Miss Kelly, in the third grade art class, I would like to thank her for and I know, I know, I just got to do it. I, she's going to hate me for this. I got to do it. Like, that's the fucking speech he's given. And no one gives a fuck about your words. And Joe at some point just grabs the mic and he goes, Susie fucking W. And I swear I thought he was going to say XPW because that's what he said all day up until this point. Like, he was saying XPW shit on the mic. He was wearing an XPW shirt. He won the fucking CZW tournament. You're lucky he didn't scream XPW when he grabbed the mic from your stupid face. Because, Jesus Christ, DJ. Be ashamed, DJ. Be very ashamed. That's all I can tell you. Um, That's the end of Tournament of Death, as it were. Um, 
man, I hate to watch next year, but 21 is a special number for me, so maybe I will. I don't know. I, you know, um, another pathetic shit. Um, Matt Tremont, he goes from like posting shit like a like a 13 year old emo girl, where he's like, I'm just not feeling it anymore, brother. I might have to hang up these boots and take my show on the road and figure out another way in life. I'm just not feeling the passion like I was years ago. And this is like the post he makes and shit with some old sad-ass fucking picture and walking away or some stupid shit like that. And then, like, two weeks later, he's got, like, a match against Jun Kasai that I'm supposed to care about when he's like, brother, I'm not feeling it anymore. Get the fuck out of here. I just, I'm all set with this cat. Like, that's one of those guys that I can't find entertainment in, any, in anymore. Because he just looks pathetic, he lives pathetic, and I can't cheer for it. I just, I can't cheer for a guy who's clearly failing so voluntarily in life. And I, I just to be like, yeah, for the sake of a deathmatch legacy, bro, I'm not, I'm not fucking with you. So, um... I watched, um, I, I had no interest in seeing the XPW show, but I did want to see Moff versus that clown guy because Moff just tends to beat people up who he doesn't know or care about, which is funny because that's the same reason he doesn't like Loki because Loki does that and, you know, but um, he uh, he's entertaining in doing so. And uh, so he beat the clown guy up. Uh, it, it could have been better, but. I don't know. Just after the mic, he grabs the mic and he just yells about some old stupid shit. I, I wish people would stop getting mic time unless they have a, a, an actual promo to put together. I think if uh, if if the only thing you have to say is like, I was over there, I was in Alaska, and then I flew back because I had to be in front of these fans. Yeah, fucking crazy motherfucker. And I love being in this place, XPW, it's my house, uh, but there's no calling anybody out, there's no, uh, you know what I mean, it's just, I don't know, it just seems fucking worthless to get another three second pop, and it's just, just without substance, like I said, I, I think a lot of this stuff is just for other people now, not me, because so much of like the just simple shit that used to just like, like, passed by me, it used to wash over me, I didn't feel it, you know what I mean, just water under the bridge, didn't even hear that shit, now this shit irritates me that it exists, you know what I mean, because there's, there's big matches I'd love to see damn off in, but like, it's just, it's just not happening, you see him every once in a while for this, uh, XPW, so I try to, you know, get a hang, get a hold of it so I can watch just that, but I don't know if anything more is on the horizon for him there or anything. Um, the other thing I want to say about uh, death matches I meant to throw in the TOD thing is um, when people swing a light tube and it doesn't break, I think they should have to do like 20 push-ups, like right on the spot. And they can get hit with light tubes while they're doing the push-ups. Because like, then like we can start to compile stats and shit, you know what I mean? That fucking, that, that guy did 80 fucking push-ups in that match. Yo, you see how bloody he was? He was crazy as shit, but like, yo... That motherfucker had to throw 120 because he fucking, <laughs> he botched a lot of light tubes into that shit. Like, like Judge Joe Dredd would have had a lot of push-ups, and I think that would have benefited him. Um, 
You know what I mean? So it's like a win-win. Burpees, some, something needs to happen because every time they, they hit the thing and it doesn't break, it just looks like shit. But anyway, um, uh, let me see. What else? Um, uh, I, I definitely got a – last time I did this show, these people were still with us. Um, Terry Funk, rest in peace with Terry Funk, an absolute legend, uh, one of the greatest of all time. Um inspired so many others and, and laid the foundation for so many others that, you know, came after him. I mean, so many people that you'll watch today will, will give all credit due to Terry Funk for inspiration and, and um, you know, creating what it, what it became. Um, so one of the true pioneers of wrestling, as far as I'm concerned, one of the greatest of all time, uh, rest in peace, um, Another one which, you know, I, I got to say that this one hit me a lot harder because dude was a lot younger. And I I just, you know, Bray Wyatt, rest in peace to Bray Wyatt. Um, when he came out and he started doing that shit and um, doing the whole Bray, uh, the Wyatt family thing. And I was only so, so on, on watching WWE at the time. I wasn't really watching a ton of it, um, much more than I watch now, because I really don't now, except for a very occasional thing. I'll, I'll tune in or whatever. Um, like last night, actually, I just got the impulse because I saw like a tweet or something about Ricochet versus uh, Nakamura. I guess it was on Monday. So I pulled it up at like 2 o'clock in the morning last night and watched that just that match. Yeah, I thought that was cool. But um but yeah, I, I really don't watch much anymore. But um but you know, I remember even seeing that that firefly thing that he would do where the lights would cut and his music would come on and the entire fucking stadium there were stadiums, full stadiums, WrestleMania's and, you know, all these huge venues that would just black out and everybody with their cell phone lights would come on and the cell phone lights would look like fireflies everywhere with him having the fucking lantern coming out, ominous as shit, with, with such a vibe that, I mean, so many people have tried to create this dark aura around a group or a stable and couldn't come near capturing what Bray Wyatt brought to the table, what he... The aura that he brought to that gimmick, the, the, the power that he brought to that was amazing. And I always thought that he should have been, you know, top, top guy while he was on that, that ride there. While that shit was at its height, they should have had all the, all the fucking gold on, on that squad there. Um, they were legit, you know, and now both Brody Lee and, and Bray Wyatt are gone and, um, I mean, he would do the whole world in, in your hands. I mean, that, the whole world in my hands shit, like, where the whole fucking crowd is chanting that shit. With the fucking lights out and the lantern on. And I, the promos he would cut and he'd blow the lantern out at the end of his shit. I mean, his, this, his attention to detail, his ability to make this shit massive. All the shit that I just buried about T.O.D., about it being cheesy as hell and, and having no substance and having no actual feeling, no vibe, no anything. That's what everything that this cat brought to the table. This dude embodied that shit. 
that's what he was. And I just can't, you know, I, I, I can't believe a cat like that is gone that young, you know. And uh, so rest in peace to him. And that's that's a huge loss. Um, I know he struggled a lot with mental health, too. And that's just one of those things that, like I said, I could, I could identify with. You know, so I, my heart goes out to his family, his kids. I think he had two kids, two or three kids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's such a shame. But, you know, it's it's another one of these things that if you don't fucking realize that this is not a game, this is this is our only run, this ain't a trial run, we don't get the fuck around for a certain amount of years and then decide we're going to take it seriously. If we have the ability to learn that we're going to take our shit seriously right fucking now, I mean, you might want to take that opportunity because that later isn't guaranteed for anybody. Anybody. You could hope you'll figure this shit out later. You could hope you'll start a new diet at the beginning of next year. You could hope there's a fucking next year because I've seen that darkness. I've seen that finality learning that I had cancer. Knowing nothing about what's going on inside of me right now. Knowing nothing about anything that could be happening. And that type of feeling, knowing that I ain't got fucking time to waste. I ain't got I ain't got half efforts to put out. I got a lot of everything. I got a lot of effort on everything. And I'm going to be in a battle against myself to put my best foot forth to the end. This is, this is what I got. Um, Chris Hero's wrestling again. He looks crazy. Um, but, you know. So, yeah, I think that's all I got. Um, I'm sure uh, after Jeremy hears this, he'll put up the recap. Um, obviously when we go to this, uh, Facebook formula, I don't know that that's going to be something we're doing. Um, so just because I may not have the opportunity to on the show, thank Jeremy the way that, you know, I, I, I should, I, I just got to thank him so much. Uh, he helped to really, um, bring this show back because when he came on board with this, he listened to the Ian interview. We didn't know each other. He listened to the Ian interview and found like a newfound respect for Ian when Ian had already been drugged through the mud, but he's, he now had his eyes open to so many different things on the independence and things that happened. He had to go back and check out because of the interview that I did with Ian. I did a four-hour interview with him that time. And um, after that, I mean, Jeremy just became one of my biggest supporters of this show period and he came on board as a part of the show this is you know i may do this show solo but as far as i'm concerned right now two people operated this show and that's myself and jeremy nickerson because he was the one that went back in listened to my show pulled out quotes that i said during the show because i can never do that shit with myself i can never go back listen to myself and then be like oh remember when i said that shit like so that gives the the listeners a little bit to to you know tease or to oh i can hear this oh he was really going off in that one without me being so self-absorbent to 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 have to do that type of thing so I can't thank him enough for all the hours he put because not only did he listen and listen to all the shows going forward, when we 
when we decided that he he could he could go back and he could tell all the the quotes and the the highlights and shit of these different interviews, these different shows I did, all of them, ten years of shows, he went back and archived and and did every single show that I did. You know, and I I would have never done that. So I, I I can't thank him enough for the efforts that he put out for this show. I can't thank Eric Williams enough for the reason why this show exists. The reason why this show exists, I'll tell you a million times over. I only got, well, yeah, I got time. Um, but Eric Williams, uh, he was running another show, another podcast, um, back over 10 years ago now. Um, and he had done some interviews, and he was doing some interviews with CZW guys, and I was such a huge CZW fan that I was tuned into any CZW interviews, anything anyone was doing, talking about CZW. There was few and far between. There wasn't a lot of CZW talk on. You know, there really wasn't. Um, so even if it was someone who was in Chikara that he was interviewing because, you know, whatever. But he would interview CZW guys as well. And uh, I talked to him about a couple of his interviews, and then he had an upcoming one coming up with Trent. And um, between the time that we talked about it and it was leading up to it, uh, he had talked to Trent. Yeah, Trent wants fans to call in, friends and all of that stuff. And, like, I was going to call in. We were going to talk all of that. Because, you know, I had talked to Trent so, so much that, like, I could, you know, I have some good questions and stuff I could have brought up. But between the time of him planning the interview and the interview happening, Trent died. Um, so then it became full force spin around and go okay well now eric and his crew are going to put together a trent acid tribute show so now and again i i knew nothing about radio podcast tribute show any of this kind of stuff so then it became eric saying well can you still call in to say what you would say about him and shit and um i did and i i don't remember what i said i can't i can't imagine um that i did well but um eric we continued to talk as friends and convinced me that I was good at this. And I don't know how, because to me for probably multiple years, I was terrible at this. And I, I, me and Eric, uh, started doing the show together. He, he convinced me I needed my own show. Uh, he thought I was too big of a, a force or what have you to join the show that he was doing. Because, you know, it would take away. He thought I just needed my own show. And, and we did the show together for a while. And then eventually I, I took it on my own. And then and just did it just me. And, um, you know, through years, I would focus on interviews and numbers and, and how many listeners did I get and things like that. And um, and then after a while, I got I got tired of that. And I wanted to create something that was just me. You know, and I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. I listen to a lot of, um, you know, Bill Burr. And right now I listen to, uh, you know, Your Mom's House, Joey Diaz. Um, you know, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Verzi and uh, Bobby Kelly over there on Bone to Pick. Like, I, I got a whole list of podcasts. I, I don't want to get off on a tangent on that. But but so I, I listen to comedians. And now I'm no comedian, but I'm, I'm witty enough and, you know. Um, I learned how to carry a show by myself. So I, I saw that people were able to do these shows and just, just go and just talk. 
and just fill space. And that's what I've been doing for a long time. And I went from, you know, going and some shows I would get 800 listeners or 1,000 listeners because of these, these guests, but then I'd drop down to fucking four listeners and I wouldn't have a guest or I'd have a guest, but it didn't appeal to the same people and shit like that. Um, so after a while, when I established myself as just me talking and you're not expecting a guest every week, you're just expecting J-Cat talking his shit. And that built into me having 100 and something, 200 something every single week listening to me talk. And I'm honored. I'm just, you know, to to know that. And I know a lot of motherfuckers listening to this hate me, so I don't give a fuck. But I'm still honored. I'm still honored that people are going to listen to me talk. People are going to sit there and listen to me talk. They they could go and listen to music. There's a million great artists. You always have your favorites. There's there's comedians that are hilarious. You can go and listen to them. You have your favorites. But you're choosing to listen to me instead. For whatever reason, you're choosing to listen to me. And I appreciate that. And um, regardless of who you are, love me or hate me, I appreciate that. And I'm going to continue to do this on one form or another. Um, Like I said, I'm going to work on the possibility of of moving to some audio medium. But I'm asking you to please continue to support me. Please go join the Yakuza Facebook group if you have not yet. Uh, I'm going to start trying to gear up to do those live shows starting next week. Um, and then again, you know, once we're in there and we're rolling and we're interacting, it'll help with topics. It'll help for me talking about the things that you want to hear about and all those things. So, um, I'm hoping it works well. I love all you motherfuckers who, who are here listening to me today. And, um, just like everything else in my life, uh, I plan to get through this and come out better. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's it, man. Um, you ain't gotta, you know, if you're not my friend on Facebook, you ain't gotta request me or any of that shit. Uh, you could just join the Facebook group, Yakuza Kick Radio, and, um, I'm out of shit to say, I think. I don't know. There's a lot of other listeners and stuff, uh, that I, I could thank that have been here since day one, but I don't want to miss anybody, so I ain't gonna say shit. You know what I mean? You know who you are. I thank every one of you, especially the loyal people who have listened to me over the years. You have sat there and watched me go through alcoholism on the air. You know what I mean? I I used to do this show shit-based. Uh, I have interviews that I could point out to you that are the funniest thing because I am fucking worthless. And I, I took that from where I was to a sober guy who had now matured past a lot of the things that I was up to before. So... Again, I, I just want to thank everybody for everything. I don't want to make this like it's 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 a forever thing because, again, like I said, any given month, I get $30 on this thing be back on this platform. But for the time being, ain't going to be. Love y'all motherfuckers. Peace. And now the part where I look for my outro because I didn't prepare it. There you go. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? 
DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you... Good. Like cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta yeah, say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Juicer Kick Radio. Jesus! The sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools. 